0: Good evening cruisers! Thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight, we are cruising up north to Minnesota to study a new technique to make antimicrobial fabric by ingraining nanoparticles made of zinc into everyday textures. Uh, ladies and gentle cruisers, you are tuned in to Cruising on the Cutting Edge. I am Wellington Froelich, your host and faithful driver, as we drive from one fascinating new technology to the next. Last week, we drove around the country and stopped off at MIT and University of Arizona and learned a lot about quantum computer circuitry. Uh, specifically, we discovered the tools they use to entangle photons to create instantaneous communication. You know, this got me thinking, of course, uh, if I were stuck with my sweetheart on a titanic sinking in the middle of the freezing ocean I would tell her, honey, you and I are like two entangled photons. No matter where this current draws us, our hearts will always be as one. Uh, and then the whole iceberg will melt. And because of, uh, because of what I just heard, and the day will be saved. Uh, so this week, we are exploring the world of a- antimicrobial fabrics at the University of Minnesota. But first, let's spool up with a few announcements. Um, before we hit the road I am super interested in the idea of snipping little clips from my live streams and turning them into like YouTube shorts or Instagram shorts or th- little little clips I've heard it's a great way to get traction and, and followers uh, so I'd love your input on that and any uh, other ideas you have to uh, help grow the cruiser convoy uh, so, yeah, let me know. Anyway, last week, I set up a table at UCLA, and I did attempt to talk to folks about the podcast, about technology, and I just wasn't as successful as I have been in the past with with booths. So I talked to one guy, wasn't even a student, but he was enthusiastic about everything, really wanted to know more, and so he said he'd check it out, so shout out to you, <laughs> fella. Um... Uh, and then I talked to I gave up on the booth strategy and started just walking around and approaching people. and i and I tried talking to this one girl. I was like, "Do you want to do you know what a quantum engine is?" That's one of my podcast episodes. She's like, "No. I was like do you want to know more?" She's like, "No, thanks." <laughs> walked away. And I got deflated after that. So anyway, um, I might consider taking that time that I spend those booths and doing in-person cruiser as I call them Uh, and putting it towards these sort of YouTube clips and shorts who knows Uh, cruisers you know I've often thought that this is sort of a tangent that we're reaching our limit in some of the technologies fields of technology Uh, limit in the sense that we're not going to be adapting anymore of those technologies, um, and so my sort of question for you guys this week is, what do you think about that? Have you, have you consumed enough technology in your life where every, you know, small matters are solved, uh, and the big problems, you know, they may be too hard to get around, so we just make do that like dishwashing we can do dishwashing and we don't have to clean our dishes all all the time and uh but but like traffic that's so big problem you know but we get we get by we bootstrap our way around it we find shortcuts and all that jazz so i don't know is there are you gonna get the next newest phone with uh i mean all our phone technologies are kind of uh reaching a plateau i feel and uh i mean i've already gone back i got a flip phone so let me know what you think about that. Um, I mean, I, I know I would definitely want a flying car. I would, uh, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not like I'm gunning for it. So uh, let me know. You can reach me at cruisinwithwellington at gmail.com. That's cruising C-R-U-I-S-I-N with Wellington at, cru- at gmail.com uh, and all the other regular channels. So cruisers it's time to hop into our beautiful one of a kind 1968 Dodge Charger 3 aka the wild thing the muscle car that packs a jet engine or at least it looks like it. Yeah <laughs> you have to check a photo uh, photos of these cars out cuz there it's so it's so neat. And let's head on over to the great state of Minnesota to a town called Apparently, they actually have the world's largest outdoor festival there every summer. I didn't know this, but who would have thunk? So, as we arrive in town and wind down our engine, the hum of it, the hum, as it does with jet engines, distracts everybody and uh, most people around us, and we are left to leave it in a park, as we have to sort of... Struggle our way out of the crowd, uh, uh, and make our way onto campus. So long story short, we you know bump into a graduate student. Uh, we buy her coffee and take her on a spin in the coolest car she's ever seen, and finally she shows us to her lab where we find several research papers strewn about. One of which we snatch up in this, uh, <laughs> in this, in this, uh, once, uh, in this standard. Tactic we employ. So, in this October 2022 paper titled Highly Efficient and Durable Antimicrobial Nanocomposite Textiles by Vinny Novi, Andrew Gonzalez et al., we learned, uh, We w- well, I learned, you haven't, about uh, the new technique they are using to infuse antimicrobial characteristics into clothing. And they call this method crest coating. Which is a play on words. Um, cresco, I believe, is a Greek word for growth. So they grow these antimicrobial characteristics into the fabric. So, anyway, think Crisco, but with an E. First, ladies and gentle cruisers, we will make our way down Theory Lane, followed by a pop down hardware and testing square, and conclude with a turn back onto the on ramp to the future. So, what's. What's the big fuss? We all know clothes get dirty. Why do we need antimicrobial properties? Why do we need to ensure bacteria and fungi don't live in them? I mean, even throughout the day, after fresh clean, that happens through various functions of the human body. We get these microbes just on us naturally. Well, that is precisely the point. We can't afford to wash our clothes every time we sneeze into our sleeves. So the biggest reason here is the healthcare and specifically the hospital setting. Transfer of pathogens, bacteria, fungi through uncleansed surfaces, including tools, gowns, bedding, and more causes around one in thirty-one patients to become infected in the US after visiting the hospital. Now that's not death, that's just infections, but of course that's bad. So how have we dealt with this thus far? Well, the obvious one is cleaning up and wiping down surfaces routinely throughout the day and changing out PPE, et cetera. However, clothing and garments and bedding is a different scenario, right? Therefore, people have tried a few different things. Some have tried to spray nanoparticles, electrospinning, and sonochemical deposition of different antimicrobial fibers particles into these these uses so the last two were kind of interesting to me and so i did a little deeper dive on those Electrospinning is the process of creating super thin fibers by charging up some liquid plastic in a tub to a very high voltage and then letting it extrude slowly out of a nozzle across uh, one drop at a time across free space to another plate that is the opposite charge. So as this nozzle extrudes this plastic, it spins and creates a super thin fiber that follows the electrical field lines and stretches further and further out to the other side until it finally all moves over to that side and collects as a fiber and as um, a weave weave essentially uh, on the other side. Now, the sonochemical deposition technique was a little a little harder to find info on, but basically it uses ultrasound waves to smush particles into other particles and combine them. And there's a lot of interesting stuff on that, so go go check that out. Anyway, these have all demonstrated some success, but typically the material they deposit into clothing, bedding, and other fabrics doesn't last longer than a few washes. It all sort of rinses out, and therefore it doesn't exhibit antimicrobial properties after that. So that's where the researchers come in. Their crest coating method can last over a hundred wash dry cycles, which is a drastic improvement. And that, that means the nanoparticles they place into the fibers can last around two years if you wash the same garment only once a week. So how does it work? First, they bathe the fabric in water with a dissolved salt that contains zinc in it for about 30 minutes. After that, after that bath, they are heated up in an oven at about 100 degrees for four hours. It's about the temperature of boiling water. And finally, anything that did not get uh, bound to the fabric gets wiped off once it dries. So the zinc forms these tiny little seeds that mix with the water and the air to create uh, zinc hydroxide, which is just another chemical that grows into the material, as as, as I believe they explained it. So uh, they actually show some really neat images of nanoparticles that are stuck to polyester and, uh, and in all sorts of other materials. Uh, and they zoom in very far at these 5 nanometer to 500 nanometer clumps. Of zinc hydroxide um, using some electro uh, microscopy. So, anyway, yeah, I, I really did appreciate those videos, obviously, because I've been using my own camera to take close up photos. Of course, mine can't take photos of nanoparticles, but it can do a pretty decent job with water droplets. Uh, so, folks, the only other thing I wanted to mention here, and what made this paper truly stand out to me as cutting edge, was that they are working with zinc. And zinc nanoparticles are great for many reasons, like that it's recyclable, it's non-toxic, and human skin does not react allergically to it. But best of all, it is antimicrobial. However, no one has been able to pinpoint why that is. It's still a bit of a mystery. And so for always and forever, since my freshman year of high school, I wondered what was still left to be discovered in science. And when you take your first biology class, it seems like everything is known, everything is solved, and you begin to wonder why people still have jobs as biologists. Uh, (laughs) But here we have a prime example of something yet to be understood. So the best attempt at an explanation they can come up with is that when bathed in water and light, zinc reacts to produce hydrogen peroxide molecules. This is the stuff people buy in tubs as disinfectants to wipe down surfaces and all that jazz. But what actually happens is that this then penetrates the cell wall of bacteria and kills them. So, but so far, at least according to this October 2022 paper, this still remains kind of up in the air. But even less known is is how zinc nanoparticle and that, that that kind of particle fights off fungal pathogens. An example of which would be the parasite spheriat SPPP, which lives in E. coli. I had to look up an example. I didn't know what a fungal pathogen was. But apparently this, this fungal pathogen lives on E. coli. So not only is E. coli itself a bad germ, but it also carries with it a, a merry crew of Mayhemers and no-gooders. So, that is what makes this paper very special, in my opinion, because they're working with stuff we don't really understand fully yet and using useful, making useful products. So, very interesting. So, cruisers, it is time to move on to Hardware and Testing Square. To put their new technique through the paces, they checked for several different properties. The first was how much nano-zinc particle was infused into several different types of fabrics and how much began to wash out after cleaning. So they tried silk, polyester, wool, cotton, and polyurethane fabrics. They sent all the materials off to a third party to check uh, how much zinc inside uh, was inside, and, uh, and they used a special produ- procedure at that company to do so. Um, I didn't look too much further into that, but what they found was that the amount leaking from the first wash was the most, which seems kind of obvious, and that thereafter, it barely leaked at all, meaning no contaminating waterways or other clothes in the washing machine, I suppose. Uh, then they grew, which was really good news because that meant most of their uh, zinc was retained. To really prove this, though, they then grew all sorts of bad juju on their swatches, like Staphylococcus and Pseudomonas, which is a gram-negative, just means a thinner-walled bacteria, and uh, and, and tested their fabrics with these, these different types of bacteria on it. And you can look those up for cool ideas, you know, for Halloween costumes later, but Another third far- party found that the zinc in the fabric was retained after washing it. And after 50 and 100 washes, it was retained to the degree that 99.9999% of the bacteria they tested, including staff, was still eliminated. So even after 100 washes, all that bad stuff was gone. Uh, so not only do they perform better than the previous spray-on, electro-spin, and deposition techniques, but they also last longer. The researchers also uh, tested their materials for aller- allergic reactions on 50 different people, which you need about 22 people to provide any sort of statistical significance, so this is decent. Uh, Luckily, no one started to itch or anything after wearing it for about 72 hours. Um, And this was actually the first human trial I've ever taken a look at. And granted, it was a rather simple one, but I still think this was the most excitement I've ever gotten out of looking at a table full of zeros. So, uh, cruisers, all in all, this was quite a successful test campaign let's turn back now y'all onto the on-ramp to the future now if i were an investor i would probably consider will seriously consider and uh, this this technology if i knew the company i would consider investing in, in this idea but that's just me i'm not giving out any advice here investment advice so you can listen to a bajillion other podcasts about that um but not mine, <laughs> uh, even though I do have a finance degree. But, cruisers, the, uh, the future for this technology is very near. Wouldn't you agree? I, I mean, thanks to the grant uh, these folks got from the USDA, the DOD, and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, they should soon be able to produce silky garments for hospital beds, cotton coats for doctors, and nylon onesies for the average Joe attacked as force fields, you know, against our little enemies, (laughs) specifically Claro's Technologies uh, Inc. Incorporated is the company that can do this now. So go check them out. Anyway, folks, where else could we see this infusion technique be used in clothing or in other things? What are the reasons would people want to wear protective clothing like this? I think this might have some trouble getting through an airport uh, check check pass checkpoint, um, and I wonder if this material could eliminate body odor. I'm just I'm just throwing ideas out here. So, body odor though, this would be a big deal if they could repel the bacteria that cause the stench on her skin glands. I actually did a quick Google search for this one and uh, it told me that this was the case. You can get silver-infused fabrics that they sell out there. But now you can get zinc, which is another more durable and economical option as well. So I know at least a few folks who could use something like this. Uh, Think about you, Sam. (laughs) Um, One thought I had was to actually use this technique to infuse um, zinc, which can be a supplemental vitamin into everyday foods like angel hair pasta. <laughs> That's probably a ridiculous idea, but I mean, it's not too far off, I imagine. Uh, another might be sort of like myth if you get that reference from Lord of the Rings, sort of a protective fabric against everything for uh, astronauts when they land on other planets. That way, you know, they ensure none of what, we don't want coming along gets to mars or wherever Um, and possibly the other way around if there's some of that bacteria already there who knows probably not though because that'd be crazy Uh, so (laughs) um i see a lot of you know potential applications for this technology and one, one more practical one was that I had was uh, maybe this could be used in food packaging and storage of like fresh produce, fresh fish uh, or something along those lines to keep that uh, material uh, the that those microbes out. Um, you know. And and never mind the hype Louis Vuitton could create by merchandising clothes with nano-silver, nano-zinc particles suspended in them. Uh, you know, silver everywhere. Underwear, everyone. <laughs> That's the idea that came to my mind just now. Um, so, <clears throat> cruisers, I hope you had a wonderful weekend and that you share this cutting-edge clothing topic with your circle as well. Let me know if you would get a Zinc onesie or if you would buy it for a friend. Uh, I look forward to, you know, your comments. Uh, Please leave a review. But more importantly, I ask you to share the show with at least one friend this week. That's my task for you. My ask, I would say. Humbly ask. Mention, you know, this tech as an icebreaker, except for the people at UCLA, (laughs) who, you know, we, we tend to be curious about things. So naturally the conversation can flow from antimicrobial zinc, nano zinc particle clothing to, Hey, I know this quirky guy who has a podcast all about technology uh, thanks again for tuning in to Cruising on the Cutting Edge, folks. I hope you have an amazing week, and I will see you back in the leather bucket seats next time. My song recommendation for this week is "Je Do" by Maurice Ravel. It's a fantastic piano piece, check it out.